0: hey everyone welcome to the surrey pentecostal assembly teachings podcast this is where we share our teachings with you so that you can stay connected no matter where you are we hope this helps you journey with jesus so that you can grow to be more like him thanks for tuning in if you, have your bibles, if you don't have your bibles yet if you don't have a Bible in your possession, if you don't have a Bible at home, I will personally buy you one and I'll autograph it or something. You need a Bible. It's so important to have a Bible here at church. First John chapter two, we're gonna look in that in just a minute. But before we go there, it's Thanksgiving Sunday, right? Okay, so let's, let's, let's do a little bit of uh, 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 congregational stuff here. What are you thankful for? Family. Hallelujah, the spa church. A job. A good place to live. Good food. Life, I heard. God's healing power. Friends. Children. Teachers. Thank you, pastors. Worship. There should be a lot of stuff that we're thankful for, right? We should be just that every, when we look at our life and what God has done for us, we should be standing back and go, wow, God, you're such a good God. You've done so very, very much. You know, one of the things I'm really thankful for is I'm thankful for truth. And I'm thankful that, uh, I had a clicker here someplace. I'm thankful that God gives us truth. And you know, there is, a, there is a philosophy out there that um, it, as long as you believe, as long as you're sincere in what you believe, it, 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 it's all good. Right, a philosophy that your truth, that's your truth and I will respect that. Have you heard something like that before? There is a good English word that says rubbish. You know, I, I, I was thinking yesterday, uh, Michelle and I, we went for a bike ride and we're we're at one of the places we like to ride is down at Iona Beach, and there is a uh, there is a causeway that goes out. Anybody been there, Iona Beach? There's this causeway by the airport. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Four kilometers goes out, right? Beautiful ride. You know there are people on that causeway. There are lots of people on that causeway yesterday, and we're out there on my bike. And I said to Michelle, I said. Why are there people on there? Don't they know that I'm here? They should be giving me that lots of space, right? Well, I heard a yes. Thank you. My wife, she said exactly what she said here this morning. She says, absolutely not. But my truth is that I should have it all to myself. Now, that could be a problem, right? When everybody's truth becomes something that may interfere with someone else's truth. So, for example, if somebody, a nurse could truly believe she is giving the right medication to a patient, and that patient gets ill... And, and almost dies because she gave the wrong medication. But her truth says that, hey, I did the right thing here. It was what I thought was right or, or a, a person, and this happened uh, where a dad hears some sounds downstairs in the kitchen. He grabs his gun and he goes down, turns on the light and he sees somebody and he pulls the trigger. It so happens it was his daughter. That was looking for something to eat late at night. Just because something is true for you doesn't necessarily mean that it is full truth. And I want to talk, we're talking from First John here. We're talking about loving for real. This is the, our, whole, our whole focus uh, from First John. And today, and I, I you know, it's funny because I had, uh, oh, there it is. There it is. It, it kind of hid underneath my, my book here. I, w- I want to talk today about walking in the truth, walking in the truth, and the importance of, of understanding this, this part of our lives. Can we jump in our Bibles to 1 John chapter 2? 1 John chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 18 to 29. How about we stand for the reading of God's word? You've been sitting for just a wee bit. And let's jump to First John chapter two, verse eighteen. You got it. Everybody got it. If you don't have your Bible, if you've got a uh, um, if you got a, uh, a phone or whatever, I'm sure you can find it there. First John chapter two says this. Dear children, he says, this is the last hour. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is a liar? It is a man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has a Father. Whoever acknowledged the Son has a Father also. See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you if it does you will also remain in the son and in the father and this is what he promised us even eternal life I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as he has taught you, remain in him. Verse 28, And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, you may we may be confident and unashamed, Before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him father again i thank you for your word here this morning i thank you lord that you have blessed us with unbelievable blessings incredible blessings and we thank you for that and as we remember your goodness here today help us also to remember how important it is that we walk in truth i pray this in your name amen amen why don't you have a seat thank you It's so important that we understand walking in the truth. And when it comes to walking in the truth, there's a couple of things you've got to understand. You've got to understand that, and I'm going to jump ahead here a little bit because I'm pretty sure I put all the scripture up there. There you go. Read it real quick. you got to understand that we have to be aware that there is a deception that is out there. And he starts by talking about an hour. He says, dear children, this is the last hour. Now, you may be sitting there thinking, John, this, you wrote this 2,000 years ago, and you're talking about this being the last hour. I mean, that's a very, very long hour, it's similar to when you man, this is going to get me to trouble, anyway. When you men are, are te- you, you say to your wife, we need to go, or to your daughter, we need to go, and she says, I'll be there in a minute. How many of you know that is a, that is a code word for, you might as well take out a good book and have, have some time of chillaxing, because she's not going to be there in a minute right? You sit there and you go, what does it mean for the last hour? Well, John talks about this. It's not about a time thing. It's about a dispensation. It's about a a period that we entered into when Christ was resurrected, a new period, a period of ungodly teaching that started back then, a period that that influenced people in in a way of deception. Folks, you got to understand, you and I are living in this period in this dispensation, in this time period where you need to be very, very aware that people are going to try to pull you away from the truth. We're living in that hour. You got to understand that there are deceivers that are out there. He says, you've heard that there are many antichrists that have come, are coming, and that are, that have already come. Antichrist. John is the only guy that actually uses this word, Antichrist. He uses it here. He uses it in in the book of Revelation. What is the Antichrist? The Antichrist is a spirit in the world that opposes or denies Jesus. It's the false teaching that embodies that spirit. And ultimately, it will be a person that heads up the final world rebellion against Christ. The spirit of the Antichrist was in even the garden when Adam and Eve sinned. Anything to draw us away from the things of God. Anything to draw us away from Jesus. Even, and and you know, the interesting thing is the word anti means against or instead of. See here's the unfortunate problem is that this spirit that is anti or against or instead of Jesus has crept into many churches. There is a philosophy out there right now that's called progressive Christianity. I don't know if any of you've heard of progressive Christianity but it's something that has crept into many churches and what progressive Christianity teaches, it seems to be okay to some extent because they talk about social justice and they talk about environmentalism and and those are not bad in itself. Social justice, I mean the book of James tells us that we need to take care of orphans and widows in their distress and, and yes we do need to, to take care of our environment but unfortunately what has happened is this, this philosophy that has crept into the church has so become so strong It's taken away from the importance of Jesus. So their teaching, the teaching, is there's a lower view of the Bible. It's, you know, if you look at the Word of God, it's good. But you know what may not always be relative relative to you today is their teaching. They look at stuff like like, uh, the essential Christian doctrines that you and I have been taught for many years while they're up for interpretation. They talk about uh, gospel being shifted from, you, we, have, we have sinned, we have fallen short of God, we got to repent, and we got to come to know Jesus. They've gone away from that to, you know, what? Like, just do good. <laughs> just do all the social good stuff. That's a dangerous doctrine, and unfortunately what has happened, it is coming to the church, and it's coming to people's lives, and they don't see the problem. Reminds me what Paul said in 2 Timothy. remember this? Where he said, for the time will come, we're in it, folks, when people will put up, will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their what? Itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Satan just wants to get you off track. He just wants to get our attention onto other stuff than the truth of God's word, than the truth of Jesus. There is nothing more important than Jesus. Let me me just mention that here today. And there's nothing more important than this Bible. And if you are being led astray by anything else, please, or you're listening to anything else that takes away from this, stop, stop. Uh, John says, who is the liar? He says, the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. Anything that takes away the attention from Jesus is Antichrist. Deception. Deception comes through the Antichrist. Deception comes through deserters. He says here, they went out from us. I, this, is, this is crazy when I look at this verse because it means that there were people in the church that were good, solid people in the church and they went out and said, man, I don't need the church. I don't need that teaching. I don't need to do, I don't need the fellowship of believers. I'm going to do it in my own strength. Thank you very much. And away they went. And unfortunately, what has happened is they have brought others with them. I I think of people that grew up in the church that are no longer there. Like this gal, anybody know who that is? No, that's Katy Perry. It's interesting, Katy Perry grew up in a Pentecostal pastor's home and she decided to move away from her roots. Or maybe you remember this girl. My, Miley Cyrus grew up in a Southern Baptist home and she has rejected to the church due to her sexual preferences. She's come a long way since Hannah Montana days. A long, long way. Or, or we, we probably know this guy, Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson, who was given an honorary priesthood in the Church of Satan, here he is with, with Anton LaVey. He, uh, he grew up attending an Episcopalian church. See, but this is more than just singers who have abandoned their faith or walked away. What this is, it's about people that have gone astray and have taken others with them. I am writing, he says, to those, um, uh, writing these to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. If you are not in here, folks, if you're not knowing the word of God, there is a deception that will try to take you away. And so how do we, how do we, how do we understand the deception? What do we do about that? Well, we got to be discerning. We got to have discernment. And we, it comes to us through anointing. Verse 20, it says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. Now, this isn't about, about oil being poured over our heads like they did in the old testament nor it's about somebody being anointed like sonia to lead worship in a great way what this is is that the holy spirit when you've asked god into your life the holy spirit comes into your life and you receive from him that anointing that endurance that power to be able to stand against deception verse 27 says as for you the anointing you receive from him remains in you I am so glad that the Holy Spirit doesn't just come and go. Are you hearing me? I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit is in us and that we welcome him in us and we maintain his, 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 his love and his direction. Have you ever been in a place where you felt that, some, you, know, you kind of felt something speaking to you to not do something or to do something or, or to go a certain way? Have you ever, ever felt that? There's one or two hands that have gone up. Thank you. Where we really feel that, that maybe, maybe this is a God thing. Well, maybe the Holy Spirit is trying to talk. Maybe he's trying to scream at you and say, you got to do this. Or you can't go that way. Be aware. Be careful. It's the anointing that we have that when we, when we listen and follow the word of God, he'll keep us in truth. We need discerning. It comes through anointing. It comes, secondly, through training. He says, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie is found in truth. How, how have you learned about gravity? How did you learn about gravity? Does anybody remember? Yeah, pretty much, right? You fall down. Uh, by the way, um, I've, I've learned that when you climb a tree, this, when I'm younger, when you climb a tree, you, ha- you are not invincible. How many of you know that? How many of you know that when you climb a tree, you should climb on branches that are thicker than just that thick? Just a cup. You, you learn, but you learn about that because even before that, at some point in time, maybe somebody taught you about gravity and we get to learn about the important things. See, the, the important thing that we have to understand is God is teaching us the things of him. Not just through here, but certainly as you get together in your small group. By the way, our small groups have started. And I encourage you, if you're not in one of our socials, get connected. It is so important that we are in a place where we are learning from each other. But you, you, you got to be taking time yourself in the word of God so that you are learning. He says here that we need to, we need to learn through training in, in him. I had an atheist in my office. I told you about this uh, quite a, few, a number of years ago. And I challenged him because he didn't believe in absolute truth. I, I should have said this at the time. It didn't come to me at the time, but I should ask him, are you absolutely sure that there is no absolute truth? But it didn't come to you. You have to think about that for just a second. But I said to him when he was in my office, I said, so wh- if you don't believe in absolute truth, what about gravity? I said, I mean, if you jump off a building, you're going to fall. He says, well, how, you, how do you know that? I said, well, I ain't going to try. Why don't you give it a try? He said, well, that could change. I said, look, we've been around for a lot of years and it has never changed. But if people don't want to receive the training of truth from the Lord, guess what? They're gonna believe all sorts of crazy things again what John says here is that he says you received an anointing and you it's been taught to you things have been taught to you he says you gotta hang on to the things of God hang on to the truth that has been taught to you so that when deception comes when it tries to get you off the right path that you are still walking in the way God wants you to walk I'm thankful for the truth I'm thankful that God helps us to walk the truth. I'm thankful for people that pour and invest into me so that I can learn it. We understand truth through discernment. And then we got to understand we receive truth through devotion. Devotion, first of all, to Jesus. It says, No one who denies the Son has a Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has a Father also. if he, um, verse 24, the last part of it says, and if, da- if he does, he also remain in the Son and in the Father. This is, this is quite a statement that, that John is saying to us. He's saying basically this. He's saying, look, if you want to know God, you really, really, really got to know Jesus. And we all know that, yeah, that's obvious. But there are people out there that say, I believe in God. I don't know about this Jesus thing, but I believe there's a higher power. Okay, I don't necessarily hold to the fact that Jesus is the son of God, they may say, or I don't necessarily hold to the fact that he was born of a virgin, and I don't hold to the fact that he rose from the dead, but see that if, if they say they do not fully believe in Jesus, they have no connection to God. It's as easy as that. If you, you can see all sorts of stuff that you believe there's a higher power. But if Christ isn't in there, there is no connection. There has to be a devotion. And it has to be to someone, to someone that is going to bring you through, who is stable enough that's going to bring you through life. People who are devoted to all sorts of crazy things. There was an there, example. There was, a, uh, there was a wedding this year in June. Um, it was in India. And this wedding, let's see if I can get there. And this wedding was, uh, the bride, her name was, I'm going to try to say this right, Kishma Bindu. Kishma Bindu. Now, Kishma Bindu decided that she was going to get married, and they had this elaborate, she's 24 years old, they had this elaborate Indian wedding back in June of this year, and she got married to herself. In a legal binding wedding. And her words were, I was in awe of myself when I looked into the mirror. I had no worries of normal Indian bride of a normal Indian bride. I felt like I was enough for myself. I'm wondering, I was just wondering when I was reading this. I'm wondering if she gets tired of herself, can she divorce herself? What would that look like? I don't I don't know. I, I and I I thought about this, her being devoted to to herself. I thought, Molly, you know, it's better than, than this gal. Her name is Sharon T- Tendler. She got married, get this, to a dolphin in 2015. Now, now, I thought I'd get, like, what out of you folks? But are you with me? Are you still? I mean, people have some strange, strange, strange ideas and strange devotions. And they feel that somehow that if they are devoted to the right thing, it'll bring them happiness. Well, I can tell you that any other relationship but the relationship with Jesus will dissolve. Are you listening to me? Every other one will not last, not certainly not for eternity. And in, in, I think about, uh, about this, this Krishna girl, or, or Sharon. Sharon, by the way, uh, um, the dolphin died six months after her wedding, so it didn't last that long either. What he tells us here, John tells us, he says, Dear children, continue in him. Continue in him jesus it's not just a one-time thing where you come to church on a sunday and say i am devoted to you jesus and we commit ourselves to him no this is a continuous commitment a daily commitment a daily devotion the the word here for a continue is the word abide in some versions and john uses it 24 times in this little book you think if somebody repeats something 24 times it's probably important huh right? Yes, it is. It's very, very important. He said, you got to continue. You got to abide. You got to continue in Jesus. Keep going in Jesus. When you get tired, don't give up in Jesus. Keep making that relationship number one. Be devoted. Be devoted to Jesus. Do you get it? Am I making that clear? If we're going to walk in truth, it's got to be a devotion. And there's got to be a devotion again to training. Verse 24, he says, See what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. The same doctrines, the biblical teaching, that which you have always been taught regarding Jesus. Listen, can I encourage you to follow in it? Can I encourage you, please, I don't know where you're at at, on your daily prayer walk, on your daily daily, prayer and and devotional walk, but can I encourage you to be in this every single day? Can I encourage you to take time to look at the Bible and read and say, Jesus, what are you saying to me? Because it's not enough to be eating here on a Sunday. It's not enough to get whatever I'm giving you here today. It's just, you're probably, uh, the truth is, in the last 20 minutes I've been talking to you, you've been thinking about a lot of different things than just me talking okay let's be honest your mind has wandered be honest okay and you're all over the map see the, you're not getting everything i'm giving you and so therefore you need to be getting everything god's got for you on a daily basis so and if you don't know where to per, where to read go back to first john read it through read it through it's only it's only a few chapters read it through and say god what do you want to say to me Be devoted. Be devoted to proper teaching. And then lastly, be devoted to action. I'm going to call the worship team back up here. Be devoted to godly action. This is what he says. Once you're convinced that he is right and righteous, you'll recognize, I love this, this is from the message, that you'll recognize that all practice righteousness are God's true children. He's saying to us, look at, once you understand the truth, you're going to want to put it into action. He talks about righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness is holy and upright living in accordance with God's standards. It's saying, God, I know what you expect from me and I want to live it out here in a practical way. God has called us to live out our Christian walk in a way that is honoring to him. But every one of us have been told things that are not truth to try to get us off the pathway. Maybe there are things, lies that you have told, maybe even lies you have believed that are not truth to try to get you off the pathway And what we're going to do in closing here today is we're going to do something a little bit different. What I've got here is I've got two stations. I've got one that says lies you have been told or you have told yourself or you have been told and maybe you've even believed. And I've got some I've got some uh, sheets of paper here. What I want you to do is I want you to come up Okay, I want you to come up and I want you to take a piece of paper and there's a pencil there. I want you to write down things that you've been told, things that people have told you, lies, different things, whatever it may be that have been said to you that you know are not true. Then what I want you to do is when you finish writing those things down, I want you to take like a couple of seconds say, Lord, I know these aren't true and I commit them to you and I ask you to clear my mind from these things and help me to believe the truth. And now, what I want you to do is, I want you to put in a shredder. There's nothing more, nor, more satisfying than to see that piece of paper go and be shredded up. Hallelujah. Then, Then, when you're done there, I want you to go over to this side here. And over this side here is, I have a. a, a a bunch of verses there. At the top it says truths that that actually contradict those lies. If you don't know what truth to put down to contradict the lies that you have been told, maybe grab one of those scriptures and write it down on a piece of paper. There's sticky notes there, those little things, sticky things. I, I want you to, I don't want you to shred that and I put it on a sticky note because I want you to take it and I want you to put it someplace prestigious. Maybe in your car, maybe on the mirror, Maybe, uh, maybe in front of the television set, right smack in the middle, so that you aren't watching the shows you shouldn't be watching. But but can I encourage you to take a piece of paper and write on the truth that God has for you. Because I believe God wants us to walk in truth. And it's gotta be practical. And I, I'm i thankful for truth. I'm thankful that God has cleared us from the deception of the enemy. That we can be let go and set free from that so we're going to stand together let's stand together